Welcome to the Congressional School Podcast, where we chat with our community about topics that interest you. Good afternoon. I'm Stephanie Jalmervik, Learning Specialist here at Congressional, and I'm here with Dr. Sylvia Moore, Director of the Learning Center here at Congressional. And I was talking to a parent the other day, and they expressed some frustration about homework and how to get their student to really engage with the material. So I thought today we could talk about how learning does happen. What is happening? What is cognitive, behavioral, or emotional engagement with the material? And some strategies that really work. Parents, there are strategies out there, and we've got some for you. Sylvia, what are your thoughts about homework? Well, I think that homework is most effective when it involves practice or rehearsal of subject matter that students already know. And while I know that there is research out there that says that homework is not correlated to success, um, there's also research out there that has found that there are long-term benefits of homework. There are long-term benefits of homework and the executive functioning of our students. It teaches them to manage their time, to organize materials. Um, it's also uh, something that students need in order to understand that practice makes perfect. Absolutely. We need to build that habit, even in the younger grades, coming in, setting up time and place and everything. We should actually talk some more about the emotional sides and, and what happens um, with cognitive and behavioral engagement, even at all the different ages, and some of the strategies that really work with our students. Yeah, you know, I think that we don't talk enough about how learning happens. And there are three aspects of learning. There is the emotional, there is the cognitive, and there is the behavioral. Um, the emotional has to do with sense of belonging. If kids don't feel like they belong, then their emotions are somewhere else. They e are either frustrated or anxious, and they're not available for learning. Um, for the cognitive um, part of learning, this is all about... Um, that internal process that we need students to understand the way that they think. This is what we normally call learning to learn. These are those executive function skills that students need that we don't necessarily see them going on, but they need it. And then, of course, there's the behavioral piece. And these are the observable and external things. Um, are they doing their homework? Um, are they doing their homework with accuracy? see? Um, how much time are they spending on studies? Definitely. You know, these cognitive strategies, you know, it's, it's important to get the kids to, the students to engage deeply with the material, not just read it and, and memorize it, but to actually interact with it and think about it. And if I could give one piece of advice, it would be goal setting. Really establish goals for what you want to learn and how you're going to learn them. Yeah, cognitive engagement in homework is probably one of the things that is most ignored. Um, we have to really think about processing and organizing new information. So there are two types of cognitive engagement. There's that shallow type, and then there's the deep type. Um, shallow, you know, the students are listening attentively, um, but maybe they're not taking notes. And so they're listening, but that listening will go away in 20 minutes. So listening and taking notes is probably a much better strategy. Um, thinking about routines 
or memorization is another shallow cognitive strategy, what would be better would be to try and link information together. So instead of just listening, how about listening for um, linking and chunking information together, um, planning strategies for how they're going to learn instead of thinking I'm going to use flashcards to memorize, memorize, memorize. Memorizing is very passive learning. And it doesn't actually get them involved in the material, but to actually interact with it, to draw maps, to draw pictures, to um, for for the younger children to actually think about it. Even teaching it helps them engage in it much better than just rereading the material. Um, you know, some of the parents we talk about routines and setting uh, routines and sticking to them. How important is that? To in, in homework. So now we're transitioning from that cognitive engagement piece of learning into the behavioral piece of learning, right? So in the behavioral piece of learning, um, we're going to use planners to plan out how we're going to study. So it's not just about doing the homework, but when am I going to do the homework? What am I going to do in order to do the homework? How am I going to monitor that my homework is well done? Um, these are all behavioral engagement strategies that are so important to homework. Another thing that I would say about the behavioral engagement part of doing homework is that some students do homework for the grade. Isn't that true? The performance, right? Um, we want them to do it to master the material, to really learn what, what they are supposed to be learning, and not just for the tests, but so that they remember it next year. Um, so some strategies for it. Um, instead of just listening, take some notes. Ask questions in class. Ask for help. I agree. You know, it, I have some of the students that I talk to that are most successful. They are the ones that are asking, making sense out of things. What does that, how does that play out? How does that work? But really thinking and thinking about it on another level, uh, looking at the information um, and making sure that they're linking it to what they already know, to their prior knowledge, and really getting involved in it, not just reading the notes, but actually making their own test questions, making their own cahoots or different apps online. I, exactly. That behavioral piece of doing homework, the engagement piece, has everything to do with the planning. It goes back to what you said at the very beginning. If I could only give one advice to parents, it's to plan out the routines that your kids are going to do for the week. Look ahead. What's going on? What? How much time are they going to have to do homework? And then plan for those homework times to be fruitful. Um, we talk a lot in, in the Learning Center, and, and in fact, all the time with all teachers, we talk a lot about spacing and interleaving. When you're planning for homework, space the homework over a couple of hours or if you're studying for a test, space it over five days. Um, and interleaving, you know, don't sit and do the homework all at once. Maybe start doing social studies and attack one concept, and then finish that concept and attack a math concept, and then take a break and then come back in 20 minutes and finish the math or finish the social studies. Um, this interleaving 
really speaks to learning at a deeper level because you're you're using your long-term memory instead of your working memory, which says, I'm going to look at this for about 10 minutes and I'm going to memorize it and then tomorrow I'm not going to know it. And I think the other thing to, that's very valuable and that we don't often talk about is being positive. You're going to set these goals. You're going to set these routines and you need to just stay positive. And, and as parents, we need to be coaching our students and be helping them to recognize that even if they don't make that uh, goal or reach that goal, that they can, whatever they did achieve, we'll celebrate and work th- towards. But that as long as they're doing these, setting their goals, making sure they're planning ahead and not trying to squeeze everything into these just a few hours or a few minutes, and they're really actively engaging in the material, they're going to be much more successful. That's so true. We talk a lot about that growth mindset and the positivity of not yet. I can't do that yet. So celebrate what they're doing now. Um, One of the things that I do want to say about uh, doing homework with your children is give them the opportunity to correct their own errors. Check the homework. Checking their homework is so important, but don't give them the answers. The better coaching question for a parent during the homework process is to say, check number two. There's a small problem there. If they ask you, well, what's the problem? Say, Try and find that problem for yourself. If you can't find it in the next five minutes, come back and talk to me and we can do it together. Um, But there is so much uh, research out there about how much more learning happens when we struggle. I often tell students that I work with, if you're not struggling, you're not learning. And that, and that's for all grades, you know, they need to take a look at their information review it. Some children try to finish it quickly just to be done, but it's used as a practice to review the material from during the day and to make sure that they are understanding. And that's the the perfect opportunity for parents to, to sit down, look at the material, have them teach it to you, have them practice with it. And if they do make mistakes, don't tell them there's a mistake, have them review it. Some strategies that work. Um, we've already talked about the benefit of homework, um, practice, preparation. It's an extension of the day that allows the students to see what they've learned one more time. We know from the research that students have to see things at least five times to take it from their working memory, which is short-term, to their long-term memory, where they can access that information after a week of having learned it. Um, How much homework is appropriate? The research says that it's 10 to 20 minutes per night in the first grade, and then an additional 10 minutes per grade thereafter. Um, This is a good gauge of homework for anyone, but you should really take a break after 20 minutes. Um, The research is also very clear that the human brain can focus for 20 minutes very well. Um, But after that, we should probably take a small break, get up, go to the bathroom, 
um, have that snack, maybe check emails, allow them to take that small break, five to 10 minutes, and then come on back and finish the homework. Absolutely. And the other thing that research tells us is talks about the, you know, having a set routine. And that routine is not just the time when you come in to do your homework, but also picking a regular place, a place free of distractions and free of, of anything that's going to interrupt their thinking and their learning, um, and having all the supplies there. There's nothing more frustrating than having, not having what you need and having to stop and go get something. So have everything right there readily available and be present Be present with them while they're working on their homework so that they know that they can ask questions and develop some new ideas and really find out what their strategies are. Ask them about it. So long as parents are coaching, right? Don't give them the answers. It's really important to learn some coaching languages. Um, Most of the parents that we know have their children in all kinds of sports. And if you listen to their coaches, their coaches are normally asking students to reflect on what they've just done so that they can make some corrective move. And that's what needs to happen during learning. And it needs to happen during homework. So some questions that allow them to take the lead are, are you studying to memorize? Are you studying to understand? These two different approaches um, will necessitate a student to use different strategies. If a student is studying to memorize the 27 amendments of the Constitution, well, then it's probably a good idea to do some flashcards, to create a Quizlet, to write them over and over and over again, if that's what's going to work. But if a student is studying or doing homework to understand, then that shallow, passive type of learning is not going to work. Um, If they're studying to understand, this is where it's so important for parents to ask questions about the concepts. Well, tell me more about that. How does that work? What else did you learn about that? How does that process work with what you just told me a minute ago? These probing questions are questions that students sometimes cannot ask themselves, but these are questions that parents can ask them and help them to understand the material in a, at a deeper level. And you know, Sylvia, one of the topics that often comes up is multiplication tables. We, they need to be memorizing those because they will use them, but that memorization is more so that they have the access. It's readily available because the more they memorize it, the more they practice it, the more it goes to long-term memory. And then when they can use that multiplication and then they apply it to problems, that's where they need to have the deeper understanding. And that's where the questioning, the coaching could really come out and be helpful, not just to help them understand it, but help parents understand the problems as well. Yeah, that's so important to understand the difference between uh, the memorization techniques that your students are using to learn Um, multiplication or to learn the 27 amendments and the strategies that they're using to do some critical thinking on a an assessment or to take concepts that they learn today and apply them to concepts that they're going to learn next week. Um, I, I find that 
a lot of the time, students want to memorize because it's what they know. They want to use index cards because intuitively it feels like they're studying. And then they are more resistant to completing study guides with more details or to take those study guides and turn them into a pretest at the end. I often ask students to make a copy of their study guides to complete the study guides at least two days before the test, and then to use the copied study guide as a pretest before the test. This seems like something that would be a given, but students have to learn this strategy, and, um, and it's something that parents can help them with um, when they're studying. Uh, another strategy that I have found that is very helpful for students is to take those study guides and turn them into graphic organizers. I have found that they really become receptive to those graphic organizers, whether it's a mind map or column notes or um, an outline. It helps them to digest all of that information, categorize it, really organize it in their heads makes it a lot more successful for them as they're working on their homework and studying for tests, no matter what type of test it is. Uh, mapping is another great graphic organizer for um, social studies or history. And this is effortful learning. Effortful learning is hard work. And um, it's, it's harder work than making 30 index cards and going over them over and over again. One of the things that I that students tell me a lot is I read my notes and I read them again and then I looked over the PowerPoints and in my mind I am saying very passive study habits and that passive studying is not going to help them get that information into long-term memory so that they can pull it out for an assessment. So true. When students are intrinsically motivated to get to learn the information, they're going to engage in the material. And to do that, they have to be deeply engaged in the material. We're about 20 minutes in, and we'd like to take a, a minute break just to get our refresh our minds. Yes, we can take a break. You out there listening to us can put us on pause. And when you come back, we will continue to give you the last of the strategies for helping your students with homework. So hopefully you took a quick break and welcome back. We'd like to just take a couple minutes and just recap what we've talked about. What are the strategies that work best? What are some things you can do to help your students engage in the material much deeper? Stephanie, I think we can both agree that you and I feel very strongly about using some kind of planner Absolutely. to keep track of the work. Um, if your students are resistant to using a planner, oh well. Um, it's super important for them to have a list of to-do things. 
And um, even though they are, they may just be in elementary or in middle school, this will set them up for success in the future. So this is a life skill, using a planner, um, a to-do list, uh, making sure that there's some routines behind the things that they are, that they think they're doing. Well, and not only will it help them to be organized and to know what's coming, but it'll help them so that they're not worried because they're not relying on someone else to know what's happening. And they can include their sports activities so that they can know what to plan around and how much time to allocate when they're getting ready to study for a test. That's so important. That's so important. So that, um, so having said that, um, we're going to begin with check. You're going to use a planner. Um, and then we'd like to go ahead and just reiterate the how learning happens, right? Learning happens with three pieces of engagement. There is the emotional piece, there is the cognitive piece, and there's the behavioral piece. Um, the emotional piece has to do with feeling like you belong, um, liking school, uh, liking what you're doing, enjoying something in school. So parents, um, your job is to really prop up the school, prop up whatever it is that they are learning, prop up their teachers. Um, what you think, they will think. And so it's super important for their emotional engagement that they feel that you are feeling good about the school and about the teacher and about what they're doing. Um, and then that effort will come out of that. Celebrate the successes because each success builds on another one and that you will find the motivation increases just the more successful they are. Yeah. And that growth mindset, the not yet. No, you might not have succeeded in that assessment or that project. Not yet. Um, practice makes perfect. So one of the other components of engaging with material is the cognitive engagement. Really making sure that they're studying for mastery, making sure that they want the information, not just to memorize it. So this is where they're going to be do deep thinking, taking notes, linking the information and planning for strategies for learning. Yeah, this is all about processing and organizing new information. So the study for mastery, take notes, link information, like you said, and plan the strategies. Don't just have a plan for when and where you're going to do the homework, but also have a plan for what strategies you are going to be using. That's a big part of cognitive engagement. On the other hand, behavioral engagement is all about the doing. Making sure you're asking for questions, asking for help, making sure that you're revising your notes, going through the information, spacing out your studying, planning ahead, knowing what's coming ahead and being prepared for it and breaking it up, chunk it out, do a little bit here, do it a little bit there, break it up between different topics and subjects so that you can really push it into your long-term memory. Yeah. Parents, if, uh, if you get notes from school that say homework is not complete or homework was not turned in, that is probably the best red flag for you. That's probably when you should have a conversation with your child and bring in your child's advisor. They can be such a great advocate for your child. They see your child every day, first thing in the morning. So if you're in the fifth through eighth grade 
you want that advisor in on your meetings or at least send them an email to let them know this is what you're thinking about. Homework's important for the for the younger grades as well. Studies have actually shown that the more they read, which is the homework for a lot of these younger students, the more they read, the better they're going to get. So make sure we're getting our homework done. And parents, most importantly, use powerful coaching language. Support your students and engage with them and encourage them to be successful, even if it's not yet. Well, Sylvia, that about wraps things up here. It's been a pleasure talking with you. If Remember, if you have any questions, we would love to talk to you. Please email Sylvia or I. We're here to help you. Thank you for listening. Thanks for listening to the Congressional School Podcast. Learn more by visiting congressionalschool.org.